Welcome to a football show, Thursday edition, Titans-Giants, SEC week number two. And if you will notice, this is Zach, I am Braden. We are not sitting in our houses, Zach. No, where, we are not. Where are we? This beautiful, magical place that we are sitting right now. Where are we? We are at McFerrin Avenue at the Pharmacy, which is a burger parlor, a beer garden, a soda fountain place. Soda fountain place is the official terminology SFP that they told us. is what they, they, told, they told us. us. No, soda bar, so- soda rail, soda, soda bar. parlor. In fact, they're delivering food right now. Oh, from look the at pharmacy. this. Just don't hit any of the cables, Daniel. Look <laughs> at this. Look at that. Look at that worst. Look you at know that what? worst. It's a knock worst, but let me say something, Brayden. I had this last night. Go for it. It's really the knock best. Okay. You don't have children. You're not allowed to make that joke. I have kids. I can make that joke. He is Zach Lyons. I am Braden Gall. Welcome to a football show. Titans, Giants. We're going to preview the matchup. We're going to preview the game. Of course, we're going to talk to David Long. I had a chance to pop into the locker room on Thursday and talk to David Long, so we're going to visit with him uh, here coming up in just a few minutes. Talked a little bit about what it was like to lose Harold Landry and how they're communicating what they're talking about as a defensive front. So we'll get to that. Obviously, a huge week two in the SEC, so we'll get to that. Zach has some some thoughts on Vanderbilt. I'm not sure you guys are ready for. I'm not sure you're ready ready for it. I'm ready. (laughs) They may not be ready, but I'm ready. So we want to welcome, of course, the Pharmacy Beer Parlor and Beer Garden. uh, Burger Parlor. See, I screwed it up. Burger Parlor and Beer Garden as our primary title sponsor here on a football show. We still love you, Kingston Group. We still love you, Weiss Liquors, of down course. Here, down here at the bottom of still your Still amazing locally owned businesses, but of course the pharmacy. And again, this is not a joke. My wife and I, my wife lived with her sister like literally 100 yards that way, a couple of houses. And we used to live, we used to come here all the time, Thursdays, Wednesdays, Tuesdays. You got the soda malt milkshakes, of course, for the kids. You got the kids' meal. But again, locally owned since 2011. We are all about local businesses at 440 Sports. And this one, again... You want to know where they got the name, the pharmacy? Do you know where they got the name, the pharmacy? I do. So apparently during construction, when they they started building the place, Mm -hmm. they found some pill bottles full of drugs, just full of drugs, all kinds of drugs. Not not the drugs that are for the prescription. No, no, no. Hard drugs. They found them, and hence the name, the pharmacy. That is where the name came from. I actually had no idea that's where the name came from. Love it. it, But it's a fantastic name. It is on brand, and of course, uh, and by the way, just, just to make sure everyone knows how how uh, how locally committed we are, the pharmacy has teamed up with Bearded Iris. Now the pharmacy pills, Bearded Iris. I the had best that a certain brews. way. Did you just mess with that? Yeah, I screwed it up for you. <sighs> Zach's been at least. Look six at that spells pharmacy. I did that. I came up with that. Hey, listen, pretty good for a guy three beers in, about to be four beers by the end of this show. Hey, Prost. A, a bro. Prost. I like that. Too. It's great podcasting, by the way, for those who are not watching to watch us drink some beer. So, again, hey, that's your fault. You can get local brews. You can get bratwurst. You can get burgers. You can get the, my daughter, five-year-old, obsessed with the tots. Tots are the best in Nashville. Ha- had her first ever brat and tot meal the other day. First ever. I like that. The, did you coin that? The brat and tot? tot? Just or, came up with that. Is that. Or did you guys do that? Actually, the... <laughs> okay. The five-year-old might have come up with that. We'll just give a five-year-old credit okay. for that. So our so, social media manager. So every Monday, come by, hang out with us. We're going to react to Titans games and SEC football on Mondays, 1 o'clock live right here. I would love a studio audience so they could boo you and cheer me. It's all about that. This guy picks one game right. He gets one game right. It's going to be two games. You're look like you're going to look real silly later on. I look silly all the time, but you are going to pick... I, I can't even spoil it. Also, this shirt is very it. comfortable, and it's Joker color, so it fits right in with my motif. 
Is that Marvel or DC? That's DC. Okay, you're you're a DC guy. Stop embarrassing yourself. I, I'm not a I'm not I'm a I'm a Lord of the Rings nerd. I'm not a Marvel nerd. Although I do like uh, Guardians. I feel like that's Guardians of the that's a that's a nerdier thing to be a nerd of. It's high quality literature. It's not comic books. Mm. It is historically epic literature. Anyway, Titans Giants. Uh, also, by the way, special thanks to Kingston Group and Weiss Liquors right there. Make sure you Uber Eats for your tailgate this weekend. They which, drive so you can drink. Hey, look at that. Yeah. Uber that Eats, time. Search Weiss Liquors. They'll deliver booze right to your house or your tailgate in as quickly as 20 minutes, so make sure you check them out. And, of course, locally owned and operated here for almost 100 years in East Nashville. And, of course, the Kingston Group, buildkg.com is the website. Make sure you check that out. Broadway Sports Media, turn on the YouTube page, turn on the notifications, follow Zach on Twitter, at FWordsPod, and you can, of course, get to me, at Braden Gall, and all the and other wonderful wonderful podcasts from the 440 Sports Network and Broadway Sports Media. Every time I take a sip of beer, I'm going to look directly into the camera and make eye contact with everybody. That's gonna it's gonna be very weird and, and odd for folks. Uh, Stony Keeley, of course, Guardians of the Galaxy, greater than Star Wars. My five year old agrees with that. Is it bad parenting that my five year old has seen all of those movies? No, maybe no, not. Not not at all. There are some there are some shits in Guardians uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. But I'm they not gonna say, sit here and let the slander shit. stand. The the okay. original Star Wars trilogy is better than anything the Guardians of the Galaxy have done. It, it's it's epic. It's great. There's not a yeah. I know that the weakest one is Return of the Jedi, but really, that's a great ending to a trilogy. So to be fair, my five year old has not seen the last one. She's seen the first two. She's seen Rogue One. We're gonna talk football at some point on the football show, um, but she's not seen the final one yet. Yeah. We haven't seen. We've seen. We, that's the the one she's got to see. But again, the technology on the new one's pretty good. Also, Guardians of the Galaxy is much funnier. Yeah, but for 1977, nothing beats what Star Wars was doing in 1977. And I got to see it. My dad went right to a drive-through, bootleg copied, videoed that movie, Star Wars, and that's how I watched it on a bootleg video back in the 70s. So that, I watched it early, late 80s, early 90s that, that way. That is classy right there. Yeah. All right, Zach, Zach Kentucky class. Zach and Braden here on a football show live at the pharmacy every Monday, 1 p.m. Right here, come on out, react to Titans games on Sundays. Maybe next week we'll be previewing a Titans game against the Buffalo Bills. We'll talk Giants here in just a second and SEC week two. However, I did have a chance to head into the locker room. And David Long's a guy I've wanted to talk to for a little while because he's every single season that the Titans have had, Zach, he has taken on a new role almost every year. And now he's taken on an even bigger role as the more vocal star middle linebacker. As pieces fall by the wayside around him, yes. he continues to grow. And I wanted to know how that has been on him personally from a human side of things. But also, what does the defensive front talk about? How do they communicate? How do they deal with an injury like Harold Landry's? And here's, here's what he had to say. For sure. Um, I just think, you know, it's just about uh, just learning, you know, and just going into that new year, um, looking at the things that you, you know, went through in the past and how you can apply the, the disadvantages or what hurts you to the next year. Uh, so this, it just, I'm just glad to be able to be here and be better than I was next last year. You know, just keep uh, building, you know, and just coming into my own, you know, and this defense and this, this whole team as a whole, you know, just keep growing, adding pieces, you know, just, just to do whatever we want to do out there. Well, what kind of conversations do you guys have with each other when, you know, you get injured like that and everybody starts, okay, you all got to pick up the slack. What, yeah. what, what are the conversations like between players on the I mean, seven? It's just like, you know, we, we know, like, we can, firsthand, we've been through the, the work. We know what type of work he put in. We know what all goes into the game, you know, how much it means, you know, be out there. So for us to lose one, we just like, we, we, we hurt with him, you know, so that makes us much more easier to go out there and, you know, put all our, you know, our differences or whatever we have off the field, you know, um, away and just, you know, focus on, you know, that, that one mission, you know, because like, 
one practice, you your whole season could be gone. You know what I'm saying? So uh, just just being more grateful, you know, just taking advantage of the days we're out there. So that was David Long, middle linebacker for the Tennessee Titans, talking a little bit about what they've had to to do in the absence of Harold Landry, as well as sort of his own role and growth in terms of the offense. And I think his his point about like we just have to correct the things every year, get better, correct the things that made us. He didn't say the word weak, but it's sort of like the weaknesses and strengths that we look at when we look at football players. He's all about just kind of eliminating piece by piece. And one of those for him is always going to be size. So that's going to be an issue. But I thought the commentary about what they do without Harold Landry, it was interesting because he immediately went, and I'm more interested in this. I know you're the X's and O's salary cap genius guy. I'm more interested. Genius is the correct word. That's true. I I am fascinated by the, the, the psychology of all this stuff. Why does Vrabel work? Why does the message work? Why does the teaching and communication work? And the first thing he said there was, like, it's so much easier for us to go out there and fight and scrap and claw for each other because we know at any moment it could be taken away from us. And that's not a that's not an X's and O's thing. That's not, are we prepared for Saquon Barkley? That's just a, we're going to battle with each other. And now that we know one of our brothers is down, we're going to have to, we have to pick it all up together. And I think that's, that's a, I like getting that peek into like the human side because after all, these are human beings. Well, well doesn't that explain everything about last year? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. you're talking about how many players went down last year and they basically banded brothers did all the way through to a 12 and five record. And look, I get it. People are mad that the bills are pretty much the favorites for the Super Bowl coming out of the AFC, which logically Why? makes Why? sense. It's not going to ever be the Titans until they actually win the Super Bowl because <laughs> they have gone to the playoffs three times now and have embarrassed themselves in their loss every time. Versus the Chiefs in the championship game, versus the Ravens at home, and now versus the Bengals at home. It's never going to be the Titans. And hell, even after a Super Bowl, you see the Bengals even made the Super Bowl, and they're being disrespected a tad bit. But that's mainly because of Lamar. If the Colts suddenly draft the next great quarterback or trade for an elite quarterback that's not you know aging and decrepit, wow, they will probably be the favorite still, even if the Titans won the Super Bowl. It's just... Right now, the Titans still have a lot to prove. Even though they've made it to Super Bowl 99, this team, this franchise has a lot to prove that they can't not choke in the playoffs. Because that's what that's ultimately not choke yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. They have to prove that they I won't choke in the playoffs. I, I, I kind of like had it switch mid No, I know what you meant, though. And again, also, we've had this discussion so many times about media coverage versus quality of football yeah we've had this conversation about vegas betting and trying to split the odds down the middle and quality of football but isn't it like every time everybody says that the titans suck and they they claim that they're the worst number one seed to ever make the playoffs and ever be the number one seed every time that the media national media says that they've technically been right (laughs) well here's the question is some of their because here's what's cool about not cool but interesting about how the media responds to a fan base the national media wouldn't talk about that stuff if they didn't get the reaction they wanted. Right. Which, from you Titans Twitter, is to get all pissed off. Yeah. And so, as long as... Because I think what's happening is Titans Twitter and Titans fandom is... A, is we're getting into adolescence it, here. It's be- right? Yeah, it's becoming its we're own teenagers. thing. Like, it's becoming sentient. Yeah. And we cannot stop it. <laughs> so it's sentient. Like, sentient. So it's, yeah. the compu- it's AI, is what yeah. it is? Yeah, well, Skynet. I, just, I think a fan base in the NFL at 25 years old is still, like, really in, like, human life, like, 12. Yeah. And so I think it's a young fan base that is now growing into its adolescence. It's starting to take stuff a little too personally. They've let regular season success go to their head. (laughs) Yes. And so what's happening is eventually 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 
we are going to have a fan base that is 40 or 45 years old, a franchise that is 40 or 45 years old, and we're going to have a, a mature Nashville marketplace with more people, and therefore it will be treated a little bit more like a traditional NFL franchise. Right. But until that happens, they're just going to keep poking you teenage Titans Twitter because you act like a bunch of adolescent teenagers because you are, and that's okay. I think you should bask in it. I well, think you should this, bathe in the sewers yeah. at this point. But this goes to the point that I think the players in the locker room, they know this stuff is going on. They know this stuff is being said, but it's like uh, water off a duck's back. It just rolls off them yeah. because they're only as strong as the people next to them. And if the players start to be mentally weak and start worrying about every little thing that's said about them yeah. by the national media, that locker room will crumble. And I think that goes to towards what he was saying is, yeah, yeah. We, we could be depressed and down in the dumps and sad about Harold Landry, and we are. I mean, personally, I'm sure they feel for the Devast guy. Devastated. And devastated. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not – they are not – they are a mentally tough team that's ready to bounce back. Yeah. And and I think what Mike Vrabel said on yesterday was – yesterday, Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday. Zach's had a fun 24 hours. I bet. It's, it's at been the a, pharmacy. It's, it's been, been a really here. wild week for me. It's been here at the pharmacy where he drafted two quarterbacks in the first four rounds last night of our fantasy First draft. six rounds. We'll get that. We'll get to that later. Uh, but the Never the point is, back. is that where oh Wednesday, uh, <laughs> Mike Vrabel talked. Mike Vrabel was talking yeah. about Ola Denny and how much he's bonded with Ola, and I think that goes to the point of you can say what you want about how the NFL treats its players as a whole; they are treated like commodities. Mike Vrabel invests in these guys and these young guys, and he creates a bond. I think that's why you saw when the A.J. Brown trade happened that both him and John Robinson were visibly – they were sad. Yeah, I think oh, yeah. they were sad. And I think that goes a long way into why the Titans continue to find regular season success, even though it doesn't translate to postseason success so far. Yep, and, and Austin Hooper, I had a chance to talk to him a couple of different times about this. Once at the beginning of camp, how, what did you notice about the culture? Because, I'm again, I'm fascinated with Mike Vrabel, John Robinson, and how they built the thing. You heard from Kevin Byard on our last episode on Thursday last week about how he views it. And Austin Hooper said it's noticeable from the first day you walk in. Your first day you walk into the Titans organization, it is noticeable that accountability and, again, culture is a cliche term. He even said, like, it's a corporate buzzword that's overused these days. But it, for this Titans team, it, you walk in and, it's it, again, it's first day noticeable, day one stuff. And every player I've talked to has, has repeated that. And I think that is what allows them – with Rashad Weaver and Ola Adeni and moving to Nico Autry around in the front seven, it helps they're going up against the Giants offense that may not be fully formed yet. Right. But I think it means that we can find some success in the first week. That interview, that trip inside the Titans locker room, brought to you by Weiss Liquors. Oh, you like it. Weiss Liquors, of course. You drink so they can drive. There you go. Uber Eats, Weiss Liquors, booze will show up at your house, your tailgate party, stock up before the Titans game, stock up after the Titans game. It's walking distance from Nissan Stadium, folks. Walking distance from Nissan Stadium. Can I do a little shameless plug real quick? Yeah. Can okay. I finish? Can I? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. 10% off if you stop in. So that's tax-free booze. And, of course, locally owned for almost 100 years. Weiss Liquors, folks. Right Go. there on the shirt. Okay. So Corey Curtis was on Football and Other F-Words on Wednesday's show. And he talked about how the structure is a, a kind of like a relief for the players because the players crave structure. And I think you saw that with Dennis Daly to keep talking, harping back to when Dennis Daly was first interviewed in the locker room last week. And he looked like he just got freed from a, you know, <laughs> 72 hour hostage negotiation. And he just looked relieved because it seems like a lot of the bad teams lack giving their players directions and expectations. Yes. Yes. And again, 
another reason why the Titans yeah. have a great locker room, despite what people said over the summer. And I can prove to Zach right now that I listen to his podcast every single week because he said that exact line on the podcast with Corey Curtis, football and other efforts out every single Wednesday, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, once, bro- once a joke is good, you just keep you on just rolling. Keep, keep, keep using it. Uh, all right, let's get to the, the Giants preview here with the Titans. And the Giants have a new coach. Mm-hmm. We don't exactly know what to expect from the quarterback. We can guess on how he's going to use Daniel Jones based on how we use Josh Allen, which is a lot of mobility. I'm actually more focused because I know that's going to matter on replacing Harold Landry. We need to see how they do that on for the Titans. I am more interested in how creative the offense looks with Tim Kelly. What does it look like with all the new pieces? Is it just Derrick Henry? How many wrinkles do they work in? Game flow is going to play a huge role, obviously, in how aggressive they can be. I want to see what how creative they get with all the new pieces, the new tight end, multiple tight end sets, four or five different receivers that do four or five different things. I, I want to see what the Tim Kelly effect is on this offense in week number one. I don't know if you'll see the full effect. I think you'll see like one or two wrinkles, but I think that versus the Giants with the Buffalo Bills coming in town next week, that's a, that's a good point. This team is not going to want to put a lot of creativity on tape. They don't want to give the Bills a lot it. to study on. I know you want to see it. And hopefully they don't have to reach into their bag of tricks to do anything because they're out ahead. Because the main thing is you got to be able to avoid a repeat of 2021 last year when they opened up and shit the bed. I mean, they they shit it and sprayed it everywhere. <laughs> they would get as health code would be horrific. There's one more S word you could use if you yeah. wanted to. And I'm glad you didn't go that far. But it's it's awful how how bad they were last year. Now, obviously, Taylor Lewan was a big reason for that because he allowed five sacks and then thank Chandler Jones because he's a loser. Well, he was a loser last year. Chandler Jones? One. No. Taylor Lewan. Taylor you don't Lewan's think not a, not a loser? He was. That's a that's he a, a loser game. mentality. Yeah, no, that's, that's, fair. that's fair. That's a that's weak. I don't. Right. I don't. Okay. I, okay. I, I hate that. Okay. But now he's healthier. He improved last year. Now he's healthier. So now he shouldn't allow whoever's going to be lined up against him. However, they're going to deploy their uh, defensive line because obviously you got Nicholas Petit Ferrer, rookie, on the other side. Yeah. Yep. He should not allow five sacks. So I think that that changes everything for this team in terms of being able to win this game. And I think a lot of it rests on Taylor Lewan and, and a lot of it rests on Aaron Brewer who Joe Rexroad wrote a great article that was on the athletic this morning. We're basically in Joe Rexroad. Great. Yeah. I mean, no, he's I don't, one of the best reporters in the business. I'm kidding. I mean, I don't I'm use kidding. that very often. No, he's, so. he's awesome. He's the best. Uh, it's a compliment for me. That's true. You know, like, I mean, so, sometimes nice about regular good. media folk. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, that's usually how it is. But Aaron Brewer basically in the thing was quote, someone was quoted in a saying in the building. Hopefully it's not the NWI is a wide receiver two guy, but maybe a more credible source, source, maybe a more credible source said that Taylor Lewan and Aaron Brewer is going to be lethal, lethal. So that there is high praise about Aaron Brewer and Taylor Lewan, but specifically AB on the fact that that's all that anybody's been able to talk about in, in that building. I don't know if maybe they're trying to pump them up. I think in the run and it's game. it's a lot of fluff. No, no, no. I think in the run game, I'm behind that. Okay. Taylor Lewan healthy, Ben Jones with Brewers athleticism, with Derrick Henry healthy. You have multiple tight end sets. You can bring Swaim over there. You can bring Chig. You can bring Hooper. I think they are going to be very good at running the football to the left still. My concern is on third and eight. When they when the defense can move their best big guy head up on Brewer 
I got, I got, a, I got a little That's counterpoint for you. All right, counterpoint. Why away. would they go on that side and not go towards Nicholas Petit Ferrer? It, it's certainly possible because here's here's what the NFL is. This is I can't believe I get to like do a, a nerdy NFL thing for Zach here. Pressure up the middle is so much more powerful than pressure off but the edge. But is it for a guy like or for Ryan Tannehill who, who can technically get out of the pocket? Like if it's Tom Brady, yeah, I kind of agree. That that's a valid count. That's a that's a valid second. And I'm just I'm just I'm just asking questions I, here. I, I'm I'm, <laughs> a, I'm just a question asker. I think I I still think destroying the pocket instantly up the middle forces half the football field to disappear. So if it's pressure up the middle off of the left guard, let's say for the Titans, it's going to force Tannehill to roll to, roll to his right, which he which he's going to be okay with, with the right arm, obviously. But it takes away half the field. So if you had a play run that direction, if you have multiple receivers set to that side, it, it's it's going to instantly eliminate half the field. So while Chandler Jones coming off the edge against Nick, Nicholas Petit Ferrer, which won't happen, but whoever it might be, yeah, could consistently damage you in the shotgun in known passing situations. It's obviously very dangerous. I think blowing up the pocket up the middle is, is something that this is why Jeffrey Simmons is worth so much. This is why Aaron Donald is worth so much. When you can push the pocket into a quarterback's face, especially if he's under center, which we know Tannehill wants to do with play right. action. By the time he turns around, he's going to have a half a second to roll out of the pocket. And that, that would be my concern. But again, I agree with the point that Brewer is going to be good. They're going to run the ball to the left very effectively. Also, the screen game with Brewer is going to be great because Brewer's athleticism in space the, the and maybe pulling him counter traps the other direction for that matter what is going to be interesting not interesting and you guys talked about this on f-words if Aaron, if Aaron Brewer is lethal there ain't no place for Dylan Radens to play yeah like Dylan Radens is at this point Dennis Daly might be the swing offensive lineman ahead of Dylan Radens and that that's a concern for Radens so. yeah it's a concern for Radens but I really don't feel bad for him I ain't got time it's regular season I ain't got time to <laughs> feel bad for backups it's the regular season so you know is what it is. <laughs> Name me the second cornerback for the New York Johnson that's behind Adore Jackson. I can't. I can't either. So there you go. Like, <laughs> no Kayvon Thibodeau, no Aziz Ojolari. Uh, All their it, best players. Basic, and then you got Adore Jackson, who we know is burnt toast if he lines up against anybody that's semi-any good. So to me, it's like, I agree with what Stoney said, and I said it earlier, but he said in the chat and echoed it. It doesn't they don't have to be creative to win this game. They could probably play the most. It's going to be Those are famous last words for Titans. What fans. I'm saying is what I'm saying is, is that they can play Titans football like they want to play it yeah, yeah. I, and I win yeah. 21 to 14 or 21 to 20. And they would walk away feeling good because they put nothing on tape that the Bills have, haven't seen. And, and frankly, the Bills, like I, I've talked to some people about this. And too. they don't look ahead, supposedly. No, no. But. And, and, I, and I've talked to some people about this before. Like, preparing for week one is different because it's just always different. Everybody's trying to change up their um, – they're, they're trying to change up – what, what's the word I'm looking for? Their tendencies. Yeah. They're always going to try to do that coming into a season, whether it's verbiage or whatever. But at the same time, this one's even more unique because it's a new coach with an offense that we don't know a whole lot about. There's lots of new pieces and new places. I mean, I think it, we you know, know – Pretty much what this is, it's that Daniel Jones sucks and doesn't really matter. <laughs> but to your point about not having to get creative with Traylon Burks in the backfield yeah. or Robert Woods in the backfield, like they're not going to have to put any of that on film because ideally, to your point, and I think you're absolutely right on this, and this is where the prediction business can get very simple, which is if you line up and you run the football with Derrick Henry against an inferior opponent at home after being embarrassed in the same building to end last season... That, that's all you should need to do, and that's how you should win the game. You play good shell defense in the back end. 
You force Daniel Jones. I would not be blitzing a whole lot. I would let the front line do the work, and I would let Daniel Jones make mistakes, and I would hand the ball to Derrick Henry, and that should be enough to start 1-0 if they don't come out flat like they did last year. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and, and that that's the key. There's a difference between being bland and playing flat. Very true. And, and I think that you could play bland football and be effective, but they cannot come out and allow this team to be all up in its backfield I don't even care if there's a rookie right tackle. There better be a tight end on his side helping ship because this team is going to, this team knows, the Giants know they are not favored in this game. No one expects them to win. But this is a Titans team that loses to those teams yeah. all yeah. the time, especially early, early in the, yeah. in, in the season. And those were your plans for the game brought to you by the Kingston Group. Oh, I like that. Locally, Man, look at these little things you're throwing out there. <laughs> locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. If you need plans for your house, talk to the Kingston Group. They will help you renovate, custom build, remodel, whatever you need. The Kingston Group are your people, so make sure you check them out. BuildKG.com. It's not difficult, Titans. It's not difficult. Run the football. Don't turn the ball over. Play shell defense. Let your defensive front eat. You should win the game. Speaking of eating. Is that too easy? Is that too simple for no. the Giants? This is the Giants we're it, talking it, about. It, listen, I, I'll say Damn the same Giants. thing like I said last year. The Titans should have beat the, the Cardinals. There's no reason that they shouldn't have beat the Cardinals except for that they just utterly sprayed the bet. There is no reason that this team shouldn't beat the Giants. And I will bet that way. However, there is a good chance that they do the same thing last year and, and shit the bed. And and there's because this why, team. So why would that happen? Tell me why that would happen. Well, I Aside think it would be like happen. I think one of the flat. things would be you lost one of your best uh, run defenders that sets the edge, and okay. you don't know really what Rashad Weaver is. Even though I do like Rashad Weaver's length in that department, I think that he can help mitigate some of that. But if Saquon Barkley is as motivated as he says, that is your reason. Yeah. It's not going to be Kenny Galladay. It's not going to be little boy Wondell Robinson. Robinson or little boy Kadarius Tony. And it's going to be sleep on Kadarius Tony at your own peril. Now, listen, I'm not saying he won't be a good fantasy player, but in okay. this particular game, I expect Roger McCreary is probably going to shut him down. Okay. And I think that this is going to be the, of all things that happens during this game, here's what I'm most confident in. The Roger McCreary defensive rookie of the year campaign starts this Sunday. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. Here's the other thing. Uh, and, and Craig Ackerman talked about this today. At the if Trent conference. Cannon's called up, I'm going to murder someone. He's definitely in the mix to return to return in the be in the return game. It was Kyle, I think he said Kyle Phillips, Trenton Cannon, and uh, Dontrell Hilliard. Dontrell Hilliard. He also was asked about Saquon Barkley returning kicks. Yeah. And what's interesting is while that is dangerous and potentially could make a big play, this was a good quote. He basically was just like, "I sure hope he's back there because some of our veterans would like a chance to get yeah. to get at him." And so I thought that was interesting. Like his first thought wasn't, "Oh, that's a dangerous player. We need to defend." That's a wrinkle. It was, I got some dudes that want to want to get, wanna get their hands on them. Saquon Barkley. Uh, all right, dude, I'm not a final prediction guy, but I, I I like looking at how the game could could unfold. Do you, other than losing your the run defender, because I think they can slide Danico Autry out there. Yeah, it's just to. the speed. It's it's the speed that I worry about Danico Autry. It's not okay. necessarily right. the skill player. It's it's the skill of the player. It's more the physical ability of the okay. player. I I feel pretty confident about this, which means Titans fans should be devastated. Or gotcha. terrified. I got an I mean, uneasy. Right? It's to... like a like I feel good about the game, but I'm also like I'm very uneasy. Like I'm it's it's very <laughs> much I'm riding a fence post kind of deal. Welcome. That sounds really painful. Uh, 
Welcome to the football season, yeah. baby. That's what this is for. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey because that is the whole point of this. Being a sports fan is the anxiety. Enjoy it. That's the whole point of all of this. Just real quick. Yeah, man. All my life, I've hated sauerkraut. And last night, I tried it for the first time in ever? probably 10 years. Yeah. Not ever, Not but ever. It, but it's first time in 10 years, maybe 15. It's pretty good. Great sauerkraut. Just fantastic. I, I, Just want to throw that out there. I might argue the best sauerkraut in the city. It's the only sauerkraut in the city I've had, so I agree with you. It is the best. We are live here, of course, football show at the Pharmacy Burger Parlor and Beer Garden, McFerrin Avenue, East Nashville, locally owned for over a decade. Trustworthy beers, brats, burgers, tots. I'm not sure what there's and not to love. great service. You know, we don't really, we talk about the food, we talk about the beer. Great service. I think the service staff here has been wonderful every well, time I've come. Place. Look at this amazing yep. place. Why would look at and this, it's why so would you not great outside. come here and have lunch? Why would you not want to come here and have lunch, especially yeah. as the weather gets a little cooler? I know it looks like nice I'm sweating, but that's because I, you know, am hungover, but also had four beers. But it's it's great. It feels great outside. <laughs> He's not lying, folks. You can't accuse him of being dishonest. Nope. You cannot accuse him of being dishonest. Do we, anything else for the Titans? They call me good? Honest Dave of the Titans media. Are we ready to go with Titans? Are we good for Titans? I, th I think we're good. I mean, I don't see any questions in the comments. So if you have any questions, maybe we'll get right. to them later right. about the Titans. But I'm yeah. telling you right now, Roger McCurry, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Okay. Right. He's going to get, listen, two pass breakups this weekend. Two? Two. All right. And I'll say this, Traylon Burks gets a touchdown. I actually love that bet. I would take Traylon. I like that a lot. Traylon Burks does something. You can't. You got to imagine the energy levels are just off the charts for guys that have never played in an NFL yep. game before. You almost have to be careful you're too hyped up. So, Well, luckily, we'll Traylon Burks has played like 3,000 snaps in a preseason, so he should be pretty tuckered out. A lot, of, a lot of snaps, especially for such a fat human. Yes. Uh, all right. <laughs> okay, let's get to some SEC football, of course. Week number two, and I, I know you're a Bama fan, mm -hmm. so you wanted to start with this game. Bama, I, I would have started with any game. It's Bama right. at Texas. It is a glimpse into the future of the SEC. And I'm concerned for Texas fans, Mike Herndon. I'm concerned for you horns, peoples, and your future if this is what it's going to look like. Because it's going to be ugly. I can't wait to see what Sarkeesian does with Bijan Robinson and Quinn Ewers. It's going to be fun to watch the creativity. But it's going to be really ugly. Lay the 20. Give me Bama. And this is a glimpse into your future, Texas fans. <laughs> it's this not going to get glimpse. better. And, and, and I hate that for Texas fans because I know that un, until unless they have, like, a, a god quarterback like Vince Young, who's one of the best college football players of all Ever, time, yeah. they're not going to be any good. So I don't know when you find your uh, Vince Young. I'm not convinced that's Archie Manning just because he does some stuff against some loser-ass high school kids that probably are in band <laughs> camp and playing playing football. So I'm not too concerned. And, and, I, and I think I can't wait because I didn't watch Alabama's game last week because I knew it was going to be a blowout against Utah State. There wasn't worth much. And I can't wait to watch this particular blowout because I get to talk shit to three people that were Ooh. part of Broadway Sports Media. We got Justin uh, Graver, Titans filmer. Oh, that's right. We got Mike Herndon. And there's a there's a guy named Superhorn who used to do all kinds of film breakdowns. I get to talk shit to him, too. Now, I can't wait because that's the best part of college football is talking shit to the inferior opponent fan base. Um, Justin Graver, host of the Music City Audible, also, also brought to you by Pharmacy. Pharmacy, so right make here. sure you check that out. Music City Audible, everywhere you get your podcast, folks. We are going to continue showing for all of our stuff. So, <laughs> that's what you get? What What is a victory besides an actual win? Besides a uh, mark in the win column for Texas, what's an actual moral victory they can have? Because that's the only victory they're going to be able to get. I, I want to. I want so 
this is all a, this is again to the psychological element of this. I want Quinn Ewers, the quarterback, who was one of the top quarterback recruits in the country, equally as touted as Arch Manning, who's coming in next year. And B. John Robinson is probably the best running back in America. I want Quinn Ewers to look like he's comfortable on the stage. I'm okay with mistakes. I'm okay with them losing. I, again, I've got Bama minus the 20. What I want to see is, does it look like Quinn Ewers is comfortable with the lights and comfortable with the the, the strength of the defense, the, the, the talent of the defense, the speed of the defense? Does he look like he gets it? He doesn't have to be great, but he has to look like he's comfortable. And when he gets comfortable, and if it shows that, then to me that means they're in for really good things as he progresses down the year. Because, again, he's, it's only his second game ever as a college football player. But he was a big enough recruit to sign an NIL deal at Ohio State. And then tr- he left high school early to go to Ohio just to make money as a senior in high school. And then he comes back to Texas where he was going to go anyway. So th- he's a really good player. H- how does he handle the stage? That's what I'm looking for. And if he looks great, looks like he belongs talent-wise, I think if you're a Texas fan, you're probably happy with that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think I think that Will Anderson... Oh boy! I mean, how many sacks is he going to get? This Are you game? terrified of Will Anderson, Quinn Ewers? Yeah, you should be because I, I, I just also the Turner kid on the other side is like one of yeah. the best pass rushers in the world too. Well, and then also you see what Bryce Young was able to do against Utah State. Sure, it's Utah State, but the still the stuff that he was able to do, resetting his feet, avoiding sacks, throwing the ball even off platform when he had to—that's all stuff that is why he's in a conversation for the number one overall pick. And I think against Texas, against a guy like Steve Sarkeesian, who probably knows, uh, you know, uh, the intimates in and outs of this kind of offense, yep. they should be well prepared for anything that Bryce Young could possibly throw at him. But will Star- Steve Sarkeesian continue the trend, or will he be one of the two that Nick Saban assistants to actually beat Nick Saban? Yeah, and that's the other thing that's weird, I think, for Texas, like, the fact that Saban lost to two assistants last year yeah. and he's coming off one of those doesn't bode well, I don't think, for Steve Sarkeesian. Um, so I think that's that's interesting. Because you know Nick Saban's thinking about that, right? Yeah, of course he is. But, well, he, but he thinks about everything, though. So yeah. it's like there's nothing that he goes that goes unthought of by Nick Saban. Really great story, by the way. Uh, recommendation here. Alex Scarborough followed Bryce Young around in the offseason, wrote a great piece yesterday on ESPN.com about Bryce Young and sort of like how he's managed the stardom, the NIL money, traveling across the country to the Heisman House commercials and hanging out with Derrick Henry and, you know, all this stuff. And and one of the things that he wrote about was his high school coach talking about what looks to be off-platform, hurried decisions running out of the pocket like we see Malik Willis kind of do, right? Right. Where it's all him toying with people. Like, he's just, he's so ahead of the game mentally. Like, he's, Bryce Young is a nerd, folks. He's a huge nerd. And a great story by Alex Scarborough. Go check it out. Because, again, I've stood next to Bryce Young, and he's way—he's much smaller than me. Like, he's probably 20 pounds, 30 pounds lighter than me and, like, an inch shorter than me. So he's not a big guy. He's going to get knocked for that in the combine. But what, what he does with his – watch this game this weekend. When he does with his feet, he's setting people up for the next move the way a basketball player does. It's really interesting. So go read the story. I recommend it. You'll kind of gain some insight into Bryce Young, the player, his upbringing, his maturity level. Like, the dude's – the dude's on another planet when it comes to mental capabilities of handling all the, the pressures of being a Heisman Trophy winner and the number one team in the nation. So. How how quick will Mike Herndon put down his phone from Twitter with me harassing him during the game? Well, what does he normally put up with with you? You guys have a long relationship. He's well, he dealt, would, he's dealt with listen, I called him you. a fluffer today because 
because uh, he's a company man and he called uh, Aaron Brewer one of the most unique individuals in the NFL. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I said, the only person that fluffs players up more than you is Justin Mello, most, who's also a Broadway guy. Most unique is redundant, by the way. Yeah. Um, if you had an editor, Herndon, that would be taken out of your paragraph. Um, but we all know you don't have an editor. Um, <laughs> uh, I I don't know how much he puts up with it from you, so I don't know how fast. I don't he... know. I don't. I think I've pushed it like the envelope once or twice. Okay. You know, it's just you know, it's going to be different when it's I Texas. Would, here's what I would do if I yeah. was you, and I don't know. I don't. You are a better trash talker than I'll ever be, so I don't want to tell you what to do. I would just send RTR to him over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Just simple, clean. RTR, 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 RTR. Just do it every successful play that over goes for positive yards. Just over and over and over again. RTR, like RTR, RTR. Uh, all right, what's next coming up? Kentucky and Florida. Right before we came on here, Kentucky got some news. This is the biggest game in the SEC, in my opinion, this week. Yes. Uh, SEC East hierarchy at stake down in Gainesville. Stoops won there last time, Kentucky. And they got some good news. Jordan Wright going to be back in the lineup, one of their better linebackers. They did not run the football very well at all last week. Uh, in a win, an easy win, Florida could not stop the run. So you sort of have weakness on weakness. Two top 10 potential quarterbacks in the NFL draft in Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. So that's going to be fun to watch. There is so much to enjoy with Kentucky and Florida and Gainesville on Saturday night. Yeah, I'm, I'm again, I'll probably be glued to this TV for a second Florida game in a row because it's obviously the, the biggest one in the SEC this weekend, yep. easily by far. And... I think that a swamp field advantage is back for the the Gators, and I think that's the deciding factor for this this game against University of Kentucky. You saw Billy Napier talk about it in press conferences almost all week about how the fans. So he's really pumping up the fans because now you got the fans that showed up to the game didn't really know what to expect. Right now you got the fans that saw them win a game in exciting fashion, saw their quarterback be something awesome, saw that Billy Napier is the truth. And they're, they're, that place is going to be packed. I don't know how many Kentucky jerseys or Kentucky colors you'll see, but I think that Billy Napier's smart for putting down the call to get home field advantage back for Florida yeah. and get those fans in the stands, and they should go to this game. And I think that it will be 95% Florida fans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and honestly, what's, what's fascinating about you picking up on Billy Napier's message to the fans was that his message to his team was the opposite. His message to the team was basically, you guys suck. He didn't win anything yeah. last week. He was just serving up the. He was like, "Get rid of that rat poison." It was all about rat poison, and everything Napier does is is prepared and planned for. Now, I think Kentucky week to week in college football, the beauty of the game is that teams are very different. Right. The emotion of that game last week is is very difficult to match this week. And I think that's why you saw him temper down the expectations yes. from his team, saying, "Okay, yes. yeah, whatever, good win, yes, yeah, whatever." Focused. Exactly. Don't get too high on, on, on your own supply, right? Yeah. Like, that's the whole deal. That's how you avoid trap games. Bingo. And I think this one is very dangerous because Kentucky knows them very well. Kentucky has split two out of the last four. Levis threw for over 300. Again, they ran for 1.9 yards per carry, 50 yards rushing last week for Kentucky. That is garbage. But you know what Florida did? They gave up 230 yards on the ground, six yards of carry, could not stop Utah. So the question is going to be, which one of those two units holds up in the second half? Point spread is six. Is it a hedge to say Florida outright Kentucky plus six? Because I like Kentucky to play very well in this game, but Anthony Richardson is sort of the difference maker. If he is in, if he's it's in it's the, home field advantage. I almost have to take Florida. I, yeah. I think lay the points. I I would play it safe. I wouldn't even hedge. Just if you're gonna bet, bet Florida money line. And, okay. I and, mean, I think that's I think that's fair. 
Because because you never know. You're right. You never know what's going to happen in college football. But I I believe in this Florida team, and I believe what their coach is doing. And we know from what we've seen Kentucky do in the past, they struggle with top tier teams. And maybe Florida is a little overranked at twelve. They are. Yeah. But I think that they are an appropriately. They should be ranked, and I think they should be ranked higher than Kentucky. And I think that with all that's on the line at home, I, I it's hard for me to believe no, in Kentucky. I, I like Florida as well. Um, they found some running backs last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis Etienne's little brother had a really nice game. Yeah. Um, I'm still worried about the same things for Florida. I'm still worried yeah. about the receiving core, and I'm still worried about the defensive front holding up across the length of the season. In this game early on, and – Again, the wild card is going to be as long as Anthony Richardson is in control of that offense as much as he was last week. Complicated stuff. We talked about this on the Monday pod. Pre-snap motion, multiple shifts, throwing on the run, layered throws over linebackers and underneath safeties. They're asking him to do NFL stuff, and he had it in his first game against a great defense. That means they have a chance to win every game that he plays. Let, Let me ask you a question because it goes really when you look at the teams, it kind of for me goes to coaching. Billy Napier, you, you're high on him. I'm high on him. He He's put what he's said in the practice in the first game. Where do you rank him among these SEC coaches? Because I know Mark Stoops has disdain power, and he's done really well with Kentucky. But is Mark Stoops just a Kentucky football coach, or could he go somewhere else well, and succeed? Because I feel like Billy Napier, wherever he goes, he's going to succeed. Well, and he waited. He passed on Tennessee, Auburn, Mississippi State, LSU to take the Florida job. Uh, so he I bet opt- Tennessee fans are a little yeah. myth. They won't admit it. No, well, but they're a little. You should be, and so should LSU and, and Auburn fans. Yeah. Like, uh, somebody got somebody, especially should- Auburn fans, especially Tim, the <laughs> Auburn fan Tim from last night's fantasy draft. That's right. Tim is Tim's in here saying, "Is Texas back?" No, they're not. Um, I, I, it's 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 tough to to answer this question because I don't think like Billy Napier has more upside at a high level program that's going to win national championships. Okay. but I don't know if Billy Napier could do what Mark Stoops did at Kentucky. It's just be steady. Because, well, it also takes building a program yeah. with patience and investment. And it's just, I think they both are very plan, strategy, analytics oriented guys, culture, people, care about the guy next to you kind of coaches, which I think is taking over college football. Right. Shane Beamer, Sam Pittman, Josh Heupel. I think these kind of guys are taking over college football and we're done with like the offensive wizard and the guy who wins the press conference. We're done with those guys. And I'm so glad because we're back to like ball coaches. And I, I don't know if Stoops could have the same upside as Napier, but I right now you can't like Stoops just passed Bear Bryant. Like you got to Stoops has the more established career, has been a better coach for a longer time in the SEC. You got to rank Stoops ahead of him. I have said this all along. I think Brian Kelly, which I might be wrong about, I think Brian Kelly will have the best first year. I think Billy Napier will be the better hire long term. That is what I've said all along about those two guys. So yeah, might, Billy Napier might just be better in both situations. So. I, it's just it's. It's hard not to be impressed with Billy Napier. Now I see what everybody said at SEC Media Days, right? You you came back and said, dudes, everybody loves what's going on. Him and Shane Beamer are probably the most talked about coaches in the NFL. But specifically, the way the other coaches talk about Billy Napier yeah. is so important, especially in this SEC league. And I just, I don't know why. And I'm a Florida fa- or not Florida fan. I'm an Alabama fan. And talking this great about Florida yeah. makes me sick. Hurt your, hurt your, I mean, I'm a Tennessee alumni, and I'm going to yeah. say all these things. But again, I Billy Napier was the dude this offseason. He was the one that everyone has wanted for three years. Mississippi State tried to hire him before Mike Leach. Auburn tried to hire him before they hired Brian Harson. 
LSU tried to hire him before they hired Brian Kelly, and he waited. Tennessee kind of dabbled as well. This was pre-Danny White, and and he ends up at Florida because he took his time. He took he was patient. He was organized. He showed up at Scott Strickland's door, who's the AD at Florida, with a plan like Dabo did at Clemson. Is like, I need 47 analysts, and I need $8 million to pay them all. And Florida was like, okay. And he's putting his plan in place. He The attention to detail analytics side of this guy is off the charts. And I think I, I think Stoops is too, which, which is what makes this game so interesting from an X's and O's standpoint. I think it almost, honestly, this is a cop-out. It comes down to Levis and Richardson and which one plays better. I think it's going to be Richardson. Uh, I, I think I think last week Levis kind of showed a lot of flaws, and maybe you could say that's because he didn't have a star running back back there. But if a running back makes your quarterback, I agree. from experience, by the way, as a Tennessee <laughs> Titans fan, if a running back makes your quarterback, you're going to have trouble being long-term success and have trouble finding success in the NFL. I, I agree. Where are we so going? Show, me, show me Will Levis. You're watching this. I know you are. Yeah, or listening. He may be listening. Bullet and board material. From the I want you to prove to me that you deserve to be a higher draft pick than Anthony Richardson because Anthony Richardson is going out there to prove that he's better than you. I I would not be surprised if Anthony Richardson is the number one overall pick. We talked about it, I think, on Monday about the the hype train that's coming in on Anthony would Richardson, and the NFL loves hype trains. Yep, and they like six, and it's starting week one. <laughs> they like they like six foot four, two hundred and forty pounders. You can throw the ball over them mountains yeah. a quarter mile and can run four sixes too. Um, all right, where are we going next in the SEC? Zach, take us. Take we got to go Pitt versus Tennessee. Oh, this yeah. is overrated versus underrated because I think that these these rankings should be flipped. I think that Pitt being 17, and I believe Tennessee was 22. I didn't bring my notes. 24. 24. Those should be flipped. Those should be flipped uh, easily. The Johnny Majors Bowl. Yeah. A um, couple of things. I, I, t- I don't like to say this, but I agree with you. Yeah. Um, I think, there, and Vegas agrees with you, because there's they're a six-and-a-half-point favorite Tennessee is. And that's begging you to take Pittsburgh. Yeah. And if they're begging you to take Pittsburgh, you know what you do? You go the other way. I would lay the six and a half with Tennessee in this situation. I don't. I, I think it's hard for Pittsburgh to match the emotional levels of the backyard brawl from last week. Mm-hmm. That game is so important to those folks, the fans, the players, the coaches. It is so important. I actually talked to David Long and about it before we sat down and did our little interview. I was like, did you and Rashad, Rashad Weaver, I was like, did you guys watch the game? He was like, oh, dude, we we were texting back and forth the whole time. And it's because that game means so much. The crowd was insane. I don't know how they match that emotional level. And I think Pat Narduzzi, the head coach at Pittsburgh, doesn't like offense. He keeps putting his spread option, his spread quarterback under center. And when they were under center, they were terrible last week, like under four yards of play. When he was in the gun, they were like nine yards of play. And I don't have any faith in Pat Narduzzi and that new offense, Frank Signetti, to actually use Keaton Slovis the way they're supposed to. And I totally trust Josh Heupel to use Hinton Hooker the way they're supposed to. Running the ball against that defensive line is going to be tough. But I like Tennessee, 35, 42 points. Can they get a stop late to cover the spread is what I think we're talking about here. So I like Tennessee. I think you're right. Pitt's overrated. Tennessee's underrated. Lay the points. Mark my words. Tennessee wins by double-digit points. That would be good for my bank account. Okay, and I so got the balls minus six and a half. Here, here's where I'm at on this. You have no faith in the Pitts uh, Pitts offense. I have no faith in Pitts defense. Oh, defensive line is very good. It's it's very good, but you know this the way this offense attacks you and keeps you on your toes and keeps you going and going and going. They're like the Energizer Bunny of offenses. I it's I don't know though. how Pitt how Pitt can handle it. Over a full course game. So I think by it's kind of like running Derrick Henry in December. 
Maybe <laughs> it's close at the beginning of the uh, beginning of the first half, but once second half comes around, you're in the yeah, fourth yeah. quarter. This the way this offense moves is like Derrick Henry pounding you. Three and a half yards super. turns into five yards, yeah. turns into seven and a half yards, turns into a ninety-nine yard run right. with three stiff arms. Uh, I agree. There's a dangerous side to the tempo that they ran last week, which was like every twelve seconds, which is insane. They were last last year in time of possession. So if the other side wants to bleed the clock and wear your defense down, like actually what this is what Ole Miss did in that in that really controversial game, they were able to stay on the field so long and wear them down. And because Tennessee doesn't take a long time with the football, there is a double-edged sword there. I'm, I agree with you. It can it can mutilate the defense and and wear them down and abuse them, and they can hit big plays and chunk plays and explosive plays and all that stuff. Eventually, you do need to. <laughs> If you're up by 14 in the in the fourth quarter, like you need to take some time off the clock too. So, what did you think of Tennessee's performance? I know on defense, I know it's against Ball State. Did they show you? Did any player kind of stand out and say, "Okay, maybe I was a little low on Tennessee because I was scared of their defense"? I, I'm not. I'm going to double check this, but I my issue was that they didn't get a ton of pressure on the quarterback. They didn't. I don't think they got a sack. No, they didn't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback and. Outside of that interception that happened because Ball State Mike knew came out and wanted to run a flea yeah. flicker, basically. Outside of that, I didn't see that what we what we talked about on the show last week was disruptive havoc plays on defense. Show us that you're better than this, yeah. this the inferior opponent. And I'm not sure I saw a lot okay. of that. So I wanted could this, that have been kind of like a thing this. like a New York Giants versus Tennessee? Maybe they didn't want to show a lot on tape, or is that just the talent that you expect? Because that's the talent you pretty much have touted is essentially that this team defense that's their Achilles heel and that's why they won't be able to stay in some of these bigger SEC games so I think it's still like Florida okay just kind of question mark I I think it's still a major concern with Florida in fact I would be more concerned about Florida today than I was at this time last week um Kentucky I'm about the same on okay because the running game didn't look as good but again this is where you can overreact in college football to one week you want to make sure you sort of accrue data and then you analyze that data as you get it I we're going to learn a lot about the secondary and the pass rush because Pittsburgh could not run the football and mm -hmm. West Virginia is pretty good on the defensive line. So I don't, I think we're going to learn about specific areas of Tennessee's defense. So I want to see Baron this will and Young, be a game that, that you can kind of see the trend of where this defense is. At. I want to see, yeah, I want to see Baron and Young come off the edge, make some plays. I want to see them play behind the line of scrimmage the way they did last year. They did not do that against Ball State, which is a concern. So I want to see that. And again, if Slovis is back in the gun the whole time, that's a big concern if I'm Tennessee. If Pittsburgh decides to shoot itself in the foot and play under center and try to run between the tackles, I think Tennessee will eventually pack the game in gotcha. enough, and then and then the offense will score. So I, I, it's almost like if Pitt decides to play Tennessee style and go big and sling it around, that's actually more concerning. But we know Pat Narduzzi wants to slow it down and run the football, and he hates offense. So I think Pat Narduzzi almost is his own worst enemy in this game, and that's why I like Tennessee. Also, Vegas is telling you, to take Pittsburgh, which means you should yep. take Tennessee. So. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, all right. Do you, do you have a dec do you have a declaration here? Uh, by the way, football show live from the pharmacy here. Come out on Mondays. We'll be reacting to the Titans game. Of course, Weiss Liquors as well. And of course, the Kingston Group, our great sponsors here on a football show. At F Words Pod right there at Braden Gall. Zach has a proclamation, a declaration, a moment of brief insanity, if you will, for my co-host. I know the Wake Forest quarterback's on his on his way back, and everybody's all gung ho about that and happy and proud, and that that's great. Andy fans aren't. Yeah. <laughs> Vanderbilt's winning this game because no, they stop. don't care. Stop Plus three sixty five. Put your money down. I am literally going to bet after this show goes off. I am betting a hundred dollars on the Vandy money line. 
you're gonna you're gonna put a hundred dollars on that's Vanderbilt. That's my win. unit. I'm gonna do it. You're gonna put a hundred dollars on Vanderbilt to win outright against outright. a team that is a two touchdown favorite. Don't care. I don't care. Obviously. Be, and here's why. Because Mike, Mike, the quarterback, he's awesome. He is better. He's awesome. He's better. What what has Wake Forest shown that they are going to do anything? This is the best Wake Forest football we've ever seen in the history yeah, of Wake Forest. Yeah, but like, isn't that like saying that this is the thinnest I've been for five years? <laughs> I, it's still not thin. I don't know. It's like saying was it's like James Franklin Vanderbilt. Like, yeah. And they're not close to James Franklin Vanderbilt. I think this is, I think, I believe, I bought in. Oh it's God. been two weeks. I bought in on this offense. I've been reading those Clark Lee books. Van, Vanderbilt is going to win this game. Ride it with me. <laughs> Three in a row. And that gets you your two and a half <laughs> games it over. It does. I wouldn't hate that. But I have money on uh, Wake Forest minus 10. Because as soon as Sam Harton, and, who's the quarterback for Wake Forest. It's played, only moved two points. He's played 50 games. No, it's moved four. It went from 10 to 14. Oh, it was 12 and a half when I was at the bar. It must have come back down then. So oh, that, that's good. Oh, time. it's trending back time. towards my way. Just saying. Stop it. Uh, listen, Vandy fans, we love you. And I hope Zach's right. People told me last week I was crazy for Florida. That's not That's a two-point spread at home. You called me crazy, I'm pretty sure. Well, I'm pretty sure you are. Or drunk. <laughs> I'm both. Vanderbilt money line. Put it down. Oh my god. Put that money down. Throw throw it and then come to the pharmacy and spend your winnings on burgers, beer, and brats. And you can heckle brats me and because that, that would give so I had a couple of big wins on Zach when we launched the show back in April. I had a couple of big wins. I won like the first three bets. And and Zach has me right now. He's on a winning streak and he's feeling himself a little bit over there. Okay. Let's just you can come heckle me if Vanderbilt wins outright. You Vandy fans, you come, you come, give me a hard time. I'm believe, totally good with that. I believe in yeah, anchors down. Let's do it. Anchors away, whatever it's called. <laughs> anchors, anchors away. Anchors away. Hey, anchors, anchors away. away. Uh, all right, uh, hurry up, offense here in the SEC. We'll take a look at some other stuff. Uh, Haynes King for T Texas A&M is worth watching. Um, they're going to play App State. App State just dropped a sixty burger on North Carolina. They didn't look great against Sam Houston State, so keep an eye on Haynes King, the quarterback for Texas A&M. If he plays really good football this year, A&M very dangerous. Missouri at Kansas State, only a seven and a half point spread. I think that's going to be a fun game to watch. That's interesting. Old Big 12 rivalry yeah. there between those two. The one to watch, though, really is Spencer Rattler in South Carolina at Arkansas. Arkansas has a chance to go 2 and 0, eight and a half point favorite. South Carolina did not look good last week in Spencer Rattler's debut, 4.3 yards per play. Yeah, I want to see more. The, the shine really came off as of Shane Beamer and Spencer Rattler I, pretty quick. I tried to tell y'all, South yeah. Carolina was overhyped. So Ole Miss also struggled last week as well. They get Central Arkansas this week. It doesn't really matter. I want to talk about this Arkansas game real quick. Yeah, I want to see I want to see KJ Jefferson be not what he was last week. I want him to see be, okay. I want him to be better. I need to see some improvement, especially against South Carolina. But I want to ask you something because I saw this on uh today is Thursday. So every Thursday at BroadwaySportsMedia.com, they have the terrible Titans Twitter takes. So Rob Greenlaw amasses all these Twitter I takes. It's one of my favorite pieces that it, probably it's, it's ever great. Yeah. He amassed some that I've, I have not seen. And you know me, I'm in the sewer. So he's like subterranean <laughs> under the sewers near the Earth's core of Titans Twitter. Ninja Turtle style. Let me let me say something. Someone said that they hope that the Titans tank purposely for Spencer Rattler. That silence. I don't know how deep you have yeah. to go into the sewers to find that one. Yeah, that one's bad. That's, that's the worst so one deep. I've ever. That's, that's I couldn't so believe deep. it. That was even number one of the week. How by about the way. how about this? And this is not. I don't even think this is a hot take. Spencer Rattler is not even a top six quarterback in the SEC. Oh yeah, I agree. He's not even a top five quarterback in his own conference. No. 
Now, I, I think that you could almost argue that he's probably the worst quarterback in their No, no, their part. not the worst, but he's barely a top five quarterback in the East. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Who's better than him in the East? Hooker, or li- worse Richardson, than him. Sorry, Levis worse. are better. Stetson Bennett is not as talented, but he's better. Damn, dude plays better football yeah. now. He plays with a better better team. Yeah. Uh, Brady Cook. But, I mean, we saw Spencer Mike Rattler Wright, in Mike, Oklahoma. Mike Wright might be. Telling you. <laughs> I, Spencer Rattler has a lot of talent. 3-0, and Mike Wright. He has not. Up delivered on that and i don't i still the offensive line for south carolina sucks i think you're giving i think kj jefferson was better than you're giving him credit for last week he, he was all plays. right i'm not saying he was awful I don't think, it was it's very much like watching uh he doesn't the have the good upside though. it was like the good cam newton new england okay. game so he <laughs> it wasn't great it. See, but it was terrible he doesn't have the same like expectations as some of these other guys from an nfl talent standpoint but he's got a lot on the line he does so does i mean like him and Hendon Hooker and Will Rogers, those three yeah. are great SEC quarterbacks that are probably not super NFL talents. Yeah. I know people, Tennessee fans, don't want to hear that, but I don't I don't see it from Hooker from an NFL standpoint. Watch Richardson right. and Bryce Young, and, and you'll see NFL talent. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I think the quarterback play is great in this conference. Week one was great. I think week two is going to be great. Um, Titans, Giants, it's just going to be awesome. Week one, weekend. noted liar. Okay, so now we get to see what the real SEC True. looks like this week. The second thing is, and I asked Corey Curtis this question. Week one, NFL, the worst thing you can ever base teams off of is week one. Yeah. What do you think everybody's going to be overreacting to and will be the main topic that will end up being wrong? In in, in the NFL. NFL. Okay, so per, what's the prediction about this weekend that everyone's going to overreact so to like, will be wrong? Okay, so let's say so that, let's say the Chiefs struggle and yeah. Mahomes struggles, and everyone's going to be like, are they done? Yeah. And, like, that's stupid. Okay. I could see that happening for either quarterback on Thursday night, frankly. What if the Texans beat the Colts? How will that narrative that's, change, that's even if one. the Colts are maybe better than the Texans? I do think the Texans are going to be better than people think. They're going to sling yes, it. I, I actually, do. what I think it might be is, well, no, I think that could be. Stafford... Okay, the Eagles blow out the Lions. That's a good one. Or the Lions blow out the Eagles. That's a good one that I think that that could be a week one liar. If the Eagles dominate, everyone's going to flip out about the dream team offense. Everybody's going to be going Eagles-Bills Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can see the Eagles being a big one. I think the Rams, as a defending champ with Stafford's elbow, is a very undercovered story. They say he's 100%. He he says he feels better today than he did um, week one last year. Sure as hell sounds like. Tommy John surgery to me. It sounds yeah. like a pitcher that's like, oh, I oh, tried yeah, to get apparently it. He hangs out with Clayton Kershaw. I so. tried to get it fixed in the offseason without surgery, but now it hurts and it's bothering me and I can't throw, but I can do everything I want. That strikes me as like week seven, he's got Tommy Here, John. Here's surgery. a good one. Baker's going to overperform and everybody's going to say, I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, that's good. Um, Rare good point by Tim Dodge Auburn fan. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming out last night, by the way, Tim included for our fantasy draft right here at the pharmacy. That is why Zach is, in fact, a little hungover and sweaty today. Hair of the dog. That a boy. <laughs> He's had a few beers today as well. Hey, football season's here, man. The NFL's here. There's the hey, the wife's out of town. Get, like, wife's out of town? Wife's the whole out of weekend? Town? Well, whole weekend. Holy. Up until Sunday during the fucking Titans game. Watch out, Goodlitzville. <laughs> He's on the loose this weekend, folks. All right. Uh, first of all, Mondays, 1 o'clock, come out to the pharmacy. There's no better place to grab lunch in this city. You got the beer, you got the burgers, you got the brats, you got the tots. And for food prices, by the way, food prices the way they are Excellent. right now coming out of COVID, this is a really inexpensive meal to have. And good kids meal, Unless too. you drink a lot of beer. Yeah, which Zach does. <laughs> you have, you have. I think it's like a $6 kids meal where you can get a, you know, a side and a, and a burger. And you, know, you can get out of here for under 50 bucks probably for a family of four. Yeah. So 
pretty good uh, to your point about the prices, but that doesn't that doesn't change the quality of the food. No. And again, look at this place. Look, where, Looking good. Look at this place. Look how beautiful it is to come out here as the weather is getting Plenty nicer shade. and nicer. Lots of shade if you want it. Lots of sun if you want it. Yep. You get the milkshakes. You got the beer, the burger, 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 burgers and brats, of course. You got the tots. The side items are great, so come check it out. Special thanks to Weiss Liquors. You're going to the Titans game on Sunday. Make sure you stock up on Weiss, at Weiss Liquors right there by the Titan Stadium. 10% off when you say 440 at the checkout counter. That's tax-free booze. Or just Uber Eats the booze right to your house, to your watch party, to your tailgate party. Uh, of course, uh, just search Weiss Liquors they there. They drive so you can drink. That's right. Nailed it. Kingston Group, also locally on all three of these companies that bring you this show every week, twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays. Are, are locally owned and operated because so this trust is locally them. owned. Yep, since 2011, it's been opened, and uh, obviously Kingston Group's over a decade year, over a decade old. Weisslicker's over 100, almost 100 years old. All locally owned and operated here by local folks. That is what we have to say to folks. Uh, that about does it for us. Yep. Um, we'll be here on Monday at one o'clock. So come by and hang out and have lunch with us. We'll talk. We'll hang out. We'll celebrate a Titans victory. We'll talk some SEC football as well. Zach, where can the good people find you? Find me on Twitter at EffortSpod. You can find my weekly column, The Zach Attack, on BroadwaySportsMe.com eh, roughly Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever I feel like writing it. But it's usually <laughs> in the beginning of the week. EffortsPod as well. All the great shows from Broadway Sports Media, Music City Audible as well. Check out all the other great shows from 440 Sports, Fringe Element, SEC Football, our gambling picks against the spread every single Friday. Our recap pod on Wednesdays. And, of course, we've got Club and Country. Uh, we, we've got Lamestream Sports. We've got the Gold Standard. And we've got It's All Your Fault covering the Preds, SC, college football, all of the great stuff out there. So thank you guys for hanging out with us. Thanks to Pharmacy for, for giving us uh, uh, this wonderful and amazing place to hang out. And lots of beer to Zach. Otherwise, have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy week one in the NFL. This has been a football show. <laughs>